It's time for the fastest 30 minutes in football talk. Welcome to Pigskin Podcast, your first look back at the NFL weekend. Now, um, definitely not live. From the studios of the Fan AM 1060 and thefan1060.com, here are your hosts, Justin Carp and Brian Giverman. From 39 yards, middle of the field. Good snap, good placement, it's a fake. Rolling out to the right, got an open receiver. It is caught, and the Panthers tackle it at the 10-yard line. How about that? Jake DeLone, throwing, left side, complete. Got Steve Smith out there, first down, and Smith pulls away. It's got potential. <laughs> He's down the far sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Carolina Panthers. Obviously a tough loss for us. That's a good football team that we played. I thought we did a better job playing on the road, but when you play a team like that, it really comes down to you can't turn the ball over, and you got to be able to tackle a little better than we did. The woes of the Arizona Cardinals continue on the East Coast. Good evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to the Pigskin Podcast. It's the Fan AM 1060, the Fan1060.com. I am Justin Carp, joined as always by Brian Giberman. We got a lot to get to in tonight's Pigskin Podcast. We're going to recap the best games of the weekend. We're going to talk Giant Steelers. We're going to talk about Herm Edwards. I know you have a lot to say about Herm Edwards and his play calling at the end of that Jets-Chiefs game. We're also going to go through, since it was a pretty good weekend of coaches popping off. We're going to go through our favorite coach rants in the National Football League. Brian, we're through another uh, wacky week of football. Probably the most run-of-the-mill weekend. The teams that, for the most part, who were supposed to win record-wise got wins, but still, there there was some strangeness throughout the NFL this weekend. And what a game the Arizona Cardinals had. They were one of those teams that weren't supposed to win that definitely could have won that game. Let me just pose this question to you right off the bat. Are you a fan of moral victories? No. I, we, had a, we had a caller earlier on, on the sports zone with Bob Kemp earlier today uh, between noon and three who call, comes. We had, a, we had a question out there. We were trying to figure out what the tiebreaker was because none of us could remember what the playoff tiebreakers were for the, for the top of the division or for the wild cards. And a caller actually called in and he said, you know, you can talk all about head to head. I'm pretty sure the number one tiebreaker is moral victories because if the Cardinals had that, they're two and oh so far in those. They had one over the Redskins and now they had one over the, the over the Carolina Panthers moral victories there's no such thing a loss is a loss a win is a win you can be satisfied with the way that your team performs in a loss but it doesn't mean it's a victory you can take positives out of a loss and I think there are positives to take uh, out of a loss I think there were more to take out of the loss in Washington than there were yesterday uh, to take out of Charlotte however no, there's no such thing as a moral victory. You can you can feel all good and fuzzy about Anquan Bolden performing well and how well Kurt Warner threw the ball, but they lost the game. So there's no moral victory, period. You know, the Cardinals should have won that game. They had opportunities. They blew a 17-3 to lead. And then at the end of the game, this is what really skeeved me in this game. They had the opportunity. The they Panthers, had several opportunities. The Panthers got the ball with five minutes and 57 seconds left. The Cardinals were losing 27-23. to 23. They had three chances on third down. Third and three with four minutes and 36 seconds left at the Panthers' 27-yard line. Delholm completes a 10-yard pass to Steve Smith. Third and 10 with 2.53 at the Panthers' 37. Delholm completes a pass to... 
Dwayne Jarrett. Dwayne Jarrett that was in an, the last... That was an unbelievable catch by Dwayne Jarrett. The, I'll tell a side note. In the last two years, Dwayne Jarrett has 12 catches. <laughs> in two seasons, in almost two... In a year and a half, Dwayne Jarrett has 12 catches, and you let him... Get a catch a pass on third and ten, and then the worst one of them all on third and thirteen from the Cardinals forty nine with one minute and fifty one seconds left. I know they're in shotgun and they're playing like they're gonna throw the ball. They're, John Fox is not gonna throw the ball in that situation and let the Cardinals hold Why on to the timeouts. The exactly, they're gonna run the ball, give themselves. They're already in a good position to pin them deep. They ran a draw play to D'Angelo Williams, who looked like a combination of Jim Brown and Walter. Payton against the Cardinals on this day with how bad the Cardinals tackling was and he gains 15 yards and the the Panthers are able to take a knee and end the game it was a complete joke and the Cardinals defense looked like a just a joke I'm I'm not even a Cardinals fan and I'm angry about it Cardinals dropped this one 27 to 23 they dropped to four three four and three on the season they come home and face the Rams this Sunday I'm sorry, that's on the road in St. Louis. It's not here. Yeah, no, that this one's at St. Louis. They play that's here true. later in the season. So my mistake, this one's at the Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis against Jim Hazlitt, and they played well this weekend. But back to the Cardinals. Several strange instances in this game, and you mentioned all the third downs that the Cardinals couldn't stop. That defense had a bad day, period. I think Antrell Roll proved to everybody that I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. I think that he's still a serviceable football player, but I think Antrell Roll in this game proved that he is not ready he's to not be. He's not serviceable. He, he stinks. <laughs> I think I think he's, he's no. good at spot duty, but he's not a starter. He's not going to ever start a corner again, and I don't think he should ever start at safety again. And the only reason he's doing it is because the Cardinals don't have anybody better to stick in there for him, but this uh, this experiment and moving him to safety because he's a better tackler has been a complete failure, and it showed through when they couldn't tackle anybody in that uh, in for, on the area Carolina Panthers. Antrell Roll made one nice play in that game on the third and short. I think he tackled Jeff King, and he forced them to kick that field goal instead mm-hmm. of getting a first down. I'm not sure if it was King, but that was the only good play Antrell Roll made in that game. He took a terrible angle on Steve Smith on the long touchdown. Antrell Roll's but needs to be glued to the bench. But as you said, what are you going to do? Play Aaron Francisco? No. no. So they're, they're out of options. They're going to have to deal with Antrell Roll for this year, and they're going to have to address that position in the offseason. Speaking of field goals, by the way, uh, the highlights you heard, and we'll talk about one of them right now, were from uh, the Panthers radio network and from the NFL network, of course. Late in the second quarter, the Cardinals have a chance to extend their lead by three and gain what, in retrospect, would have been three big points Ken Wisner calls for a fake, and it's a well-executed fake. Uh, my 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 first instinct when I saw this play where 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 Dirk Johnson rolls out and hits Jeremy Tuman with that pass is that I felt like everything on that play, offensively and defensively, defensively was executed to a T. Dirk Johnson rolls out, Jeremy Tuman finds himself open in the flat, and if maybe he's a little bit faster and Dirk Johnson doesn't put as much loft on the ball, he gets the first down. But it was a well-executed fake. But it's it was well a better. Ed- no. It was better executed. The defensive side of it was much better executed by Charles Godfrey, the rookie, showing incredible poise in that situation. Where immediately upon recognizing the fake, notices Jeremy Tuman moving out to the moving out to the uh, moving out to the flat, and immediately dashes over to get him. Very well executed on both sides. The unfortunate thing is better executed by the Panthers, it's- and I think that threw off the momentum for the rest of the game because that's when the car. That's when the Panthers in the second half really started to take. Control. If it was well executed, the Cardinals would have gotten the first down. 
Okay, I, it, that's I, it. That's, I agree with you. If it was, I, I, I that I, wasn't I, a well executed play. Too much loft on the ball. He held on to the ball too long, and you don't call a fake field goal when it's fourth and fifteen. I didn't, I didn't say anything that's about a fourth, it being a that's good play call. That's a fourth and five play call. That's I didn't, a fourth I didn't and say five. anything that it was a good play call. It was a terrible play call. I just think that it was the right play to call if they were going to use it. I don't think they should have done it, but that was the exact thing they should have done. However. The Panthers just played it better defensively than the Cardinals played it offensively. Yeah, obviously, and that's why they didn't get the first down. <laughs> and I, and I, you hear people talking about, well, the Cardinals would have had four points, and that's the difference in the game. That's nonsense also. It because it's, the game's completely changed. If they kick the field goal, there's a kickoff. If they don't get the extra point, the, the game completely changes. So I don't want to hear those four points because it's a completely different game if they make that field yep. goal, and you don't know what happens. After that, so that's one thing that really annoys me. How when people go back and look at games, that you can't say stuff like that. Cardinals are four and three. When we come back after the break, Titans, Colts, Giants, Steelers, and Mike Singletary, my new favorite head coach. It's the Pigskin Podcast, Fan AM ten sixty. Outdoors, Arizona, Saturday mornings at seven. Exclusively on the fan, AM 1060. Rock and Manooch. Below deck. What are we talking about? Well, you know, Tony and Jessica, they're about ready to make What's this that thing happen. What's that got to do with Larry Fitzgerald? Well, Larry knows what's this going your, on. Your roommate, your former roommate, were you this much of a tool when you were oh, in Canada? They're getting close to getting married. The influences of women on those ballplayers, oh, Rock. You never know. Rap analyst Mike Mayock. Hi, how long did you live with this guy? Well, let me put it this way. In a Canadian dictionary, if you look up tool, there, there's a picture of Manooch. Rock and Manooch. Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on the fan AM 1060 the grill is always hot there's a message in my alphabet it says ooh and you're always invited those are cheerios lunch with McCabe and friends weekdays at 10 on the fan AM 1060 the voice of the fans I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. Mike Singletary on the NFL Network talking about probably one of his least favorite players right now, that being Vernon Davis. This is the Pigskin Podcast. He's Brian Gibberman. I'm Justin Karp right here on the Fan AM 1060 and the Fan1060.com. Thank you for joining us for the Week 8 edition of uh, this little Fastest 30 minutes in football talk, as we like to call it. And let's get right into it. we got a couple of games to talk about. And didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about the lowly 49ers and the lowly Seahawks, other than maybe talking about Mike Singletary's first game. But he sure made a statement as, if you didn't see it, it happened. Third quarter, Vernon Davis, after a play is over, gets up, decides to give... One of the Seahawks, a little bit of a love tap. A little bitch slap on them. There was really nothing. A little girl fight action. I right mean, under the chin. Yeah, wasn't that bad. I didn't nothing. see anything wrong with it. I mean, it, unnecessary, definitely. Stu- stupid, stupid. Stupid, but I found it kind of funny. I think that what Mike Singletary didn't like about it was the nonchalantness that Vernon Davis displayed when he came back to the bench and just sat down and kind of brushed by Singletary. Maybe Mike Nolan would have put up with that, but Mike Singletary didn't. More of a boot camp instructor than a head coach. Tells Vernon Davis basically to hit the bricks. Go take a shower. One of the cuts that we didn't play, he says he told Vernon Davis that you would be better served and better help this team by going and taking a shower and then coming back out to the sidelines and watching it. Either way... A terrific rant from Mike Singletary after the game was over. 
And quite a statement after his first game, which, of course, they lost. And I get what Mike Singletary's trying to do. I like what he's trying to do. He's coming in, and he's putting a tornado to that team. He's just getting – he's brushing everyone up. He's just coming in, and he's trying to change the culture of that team. But number one, I think you should keep things like that in-house. I don't know if he necessarily should have went to the media with it. Number two, if you are going to kick a player off. Now he set an example. So now every time someone gets a personal foul on that team, is he going to throw them to the locker room? Every time, so every time someone does something stupid on that team, is he going to come come out and have a rant and sit him down and bench him and not play? He'll be without a team within the next two weeks. This is the NFL. You're playing with a bunch of grown men who act like five-year-olds. I don't know if it's going to be a matter of every time a 49er does something stupid, they'll be cut off. I really do think that it was just the manner in which Vernon handled himself after the play where it seems like you know, even you can, you can fake remorse if you're making that much money. Just fake that you're that you're sorry that you did it, so you don't get kicked off and embarrassed on national television, or not national television, but you know, on 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 live TV that everybody's going to see. There would be no highlights of that Seattle San Francisco game had Vernon Davis not been ejected from the game by Mike Singletary. So now. Everyone saw it. We know Vernon Davis' history back at Maryland and with the 49ers. He's kind of a malcontent. He kind of plays by his own rules. And he doesn't show any remorse for any of the stupid stuff that he's done. And so finally, I think he was a little bit stunned that a coach... You think Ralph Friesen was really going to do that? You think Mike Nolan no, was going to do was that? Ralph was going to eat a whole pizza. <laughs> exactly. Mike Singletary finally was the one with the stones to say, Hey, stop it. You're hurting the team. But as I said, I love the point he's trying to make, but this is the NFL. LT stood on the sideline during a playoff game with his helmet on, not talking to anyone. He said, that's how these guys are. They're, they're, they're prima donnas, and that's how they are. That's how it's going to be. They're making millions and millions of dollars, and that's one thing that Mike Singletary is going to have to learn. You have to find a way to balance and deal with these situations, something that Maybe learn from what Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin has done a great job adjusting and learning how to deal with the players of today. And that's part of the reason he was able to lead his team to the Super Bowl. He knows, he understands how to handle the Plaxico Burrises, the Jeremy Shockeys, the Eli Mannings, the Tiki Barbers, and the Michael Strahans of the world. And that's what makes the Giants so successful. Every time someone of the 49ers goes and does something like this now, Singletary has set an example and a code, and now say JT O'Sullivan cries and whines that he's not the starter. Will he lose the team that he's not going to go? And Vernon Davis goes, okay, you threw me off for doing this, and you're not going to punish him for doing that. Does he lose his team because of how he handled the Vernon Davis situation? It's a very good point. Parting shot on this topic. You know what the difference between Vernon Davis and Ladanian Tomlinson is? One's good. Exactly. <laughs> Colts-Titans. Great Monday nighter. Probably the be- one of the better Monday night games of the season so far in a season where we haven't seen a whole lot of great action. Next weekend, on Steelers, Monday Redskins. Next week will be great, but this one turned into a good game. The Titans are for real, folks. If you watch this game, the Titans are for real. 25 unanswered points, but to put this one away, they enter the uh, middle of the third quarter down 14-6. They've got no offense to speak of. They've only got a couple of Rob Barona's field goals, and then they rattle off 25 straight points before 
before you could blink, it was the end of the fourth quarter, and the Titans were up on a commanding 31-14 to lead. And once again, it's Chris Johnson and Lendale White dominating and controlling the clock on the ground. Time of possession, 34-25 to in minutes for the Titans in this football game. Okay, now I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface this. I am not saying the Tennessee Titans are going to go undefeated. Mercury Morris just called. He wants you to yeah. shut up. This this <laughs> this team is very. Now I obviously have never seen. I didn't watch them play live. I have watched tape of them. I have seen highlights. This team reminds me of that 1972 Miami Dolphins game. You got the horse and Lundell White, just like Dolphins had Larry Zonka. Mm-hmm. Mercury Morris is the speed back with Chris Johnson. They have a older quarterback in Kerry Collins who just isn't going to make mistakes just like Earl Morrow and Bob Greasy and they have an unbelievable defense just like the Miami Dolphins did. The one thing they're missing is that real speed receiver and big play threat that the Dolphins had with Paul Warfield. But The Titans have never had that. They haven't had that since Derek Mason. And Derek Mason was more of a possession receiver. Exactly. He would, Justin McCarron's had a couple of years when he was with the Titans that he was a deep down field, field threat before right. he went to the Jets. That's what he was known for with Heimendinger. And the one other thing about this Titans team, they are the only team in the NFL to not give up 100 points yet. That's true. 87. Now, I'm wondering, I'm thinking, I wonder if that stat is updated from the game tonight. There's possibility. It, it was 87. Either way, through seven games, it's remarkably low. Yeah, it's either, so it's either 87 or like 100. I'm not math. Add 21 onto that. I'll let you guys do that. It's a very low point total through eight games. On the other side, the Colts are now 3-4. and four. We talked on this show last week about if the Colts were in danger of missing the playoffs. And now I think we kind of speculated that maybe they were, especially in that division where the Jaguars are starting to come on, even though they lost this week to the Browns in a pretty bad game. And obviously the Titans are 7-0 or in the driver's seat. Now you really have to worry about the Colts maybe missing the playoffs. Especially since next week they have a Sunday night game yes. against the New England Patriots. So that's going to be another huge game for the Indianapolis Colts. Real quick, I want to get into this Giants-Steelers game. This was maybe the most physical game I've seen this year besides that Baltimore Tennessee game one thing I want to talk about Santonio Holmes you are in I do not know what you're thinking okay I'm not condoning what he did but if you're gonna do something like that you have a mansion make a little smoke room in your house that you just hide (laughs) out in stop driving around with blunts and smoking them you are a moron go go make a little tree house and go up in your little tree house in your mansion on your huge property and do this where you won't get caught use your brain and stop thinking because you're an NFL player you can get away with whatever you want and in terms of on the field in that game just shows to goes to show you how actually important your long snapper is when it comes to it when it comes to deciding close games when we come back plays of the week best rants in nfl history we'll get to all of it right after the break big skin podcast fan am 1060 this is the voice of the fans i don't believe what i just saw Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. I'll sleep all day, out all night. I know where you're going. I don't think that's a- public 
service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Around the NBA. Inside college basketball. The football-only segment. Around the NHL. And every sport in between. Uh, excuse me, Professor Brainiac. Bob Kemp, every day from noon to 3, only on the Voice of the Fans, AM 1060. Final segment of this week's Pigskin Podcast. We're wrapping it up here. Justin Gart, Brian Giberman still have a lot to get to, by the way. We'll take care of some housekeeping here. If you've missed any episodes of the Pigskin Podcast, you can now get archived shows all the way back to week one. Just go to the iTunes Music Store and search Pigskin Podcast or search the Fan AM 1060. Either one is just fine with us. So... Go and check out the old shows. Tell your friends. You can download it right from iTunes, or of course, you can listen to it right on the fan1060.com. Also, drop us an email, questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or just gripes about your favorite team, pigskinpodcast at gmail.com, pigskinpodcast at gmail.com. I got one email. Yes, we did get an email. I got one email, It was, but it was from one of my friends. So yeah. Does that really count? <laughs> yes, it does. Because <laughs> right. somebody's listening, and that's all that matters. All right. We got an email, though. All right. Send us an email, pigskinpodcast at gmail.com. Also get the archived shows on the iTunes Music Store. Search the Pigskin Podcast. We got some other stuff to take care of. Some other housekeeping. I wouldn't call it housekeeping stuff, but it is something that we enjoy doing every week. Taking a listen to some of the best announcers and the best calls of the week in the NFL and the best plays. And we aptly call those, Brian, the plays of the week. Well, we got really creative that with yeah. that one. And to start off this week, we got two punt returns. Let's start with one from the Houston Texans. Gets this one away, a line drive. Jacoby Jones backpedaling, and he starts from the 26-yard line with a C. Jacoby Jones! NFL on CBS on the call, and that voice, it's Gus Johnson, obviously. That's my and man. That, that just gets me jacked up for basketball That's season coming up soon. I mean, he fills, in, he fills in with the Knicks and does a little work with CBS. He's great. Oh, God, he's good. And you know what he does that's really great is he understands the difference between the college and the NBA game. The way he does an NBA game is completely different than how he does a college game. So I really enjoy listening to Gus Johnson, one of my favorites. Houston Texans get the win 35-6 over a Cincinnati Bengals team that is beyond hapless there. Officially starting Highland High product, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the rest of the season. I have had enough of having Chad Johnson on my fantasy team, so if there's anybody out there listening that might be in my league that wants to pick him up, I'm not, I won't take much, maybe a kicker in return. Um, it, it's a clearance sale on all of the Bengals on my team. They are hapless, and I think that they... Beyond any team right now in the NFL in the past couple of years, we talked about teams going winless. This is a team that I actually feel like could go 0-16 now. Yeah, the Bengals and Lions both have an opportunity to go 0-16. Now on to the winning team, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns have both quietly put themselves back in the playoff race. Yep. The Browns have won three out of four. They're only a game behind Baltimore in their division. Houston's three and four in a three-way tie for second. And the AFC South, they've won three games in a row. And watch out, those teams are both playing well. Romeo Cornell and Gary Kubiak has those teams going in the right direction. Play number two, speaking of those lines, they had a chance to knock off, knock off, do what the Rams did, and knock off the Washington Redskins, but Santana Moss had something to say about that. Harris gets the snap, and the punt is high. Nice boomer. Moss 
He'll make catch at the 20. Runs in one of his own man, man trying to down. clear the side. He breaks the tackle, 25-30. Center of the field, 35-40. Look out, the Jets are on. 45-40, 30, 25-20, 15-10-5. Touchdown, Santana Moss, 80 yards. That was the Redskins radio network. Santana Moss once again showing his explosiveness, setting up a huge game between the Washington Redskins and Pittsburgh Steelers next week, battle of first-place teams. And Santana Moss used to play for Herman Edwards, a coach I'm about to bash in a minute. Let's first hear how the Kansas City Chiefs lost to the New York Jets. The Jets trail by three. Favre in the shotgun. Chiefs show blitz. Here they come. Favre lobs it left for Coles. Makes an adjustment. And the catch at the goal line. In! Touchdown! What a catch by Coles! Jets Radio Network on the call. Not only was it a terrific catch, a one-armed catch that he kind of harpooned into his body after getting just his fingertips on it, but the drive by Brett Favre, it's actually kind of funny, apropos, that Brett Favre was the one that put the Jets in position to lose, and he was the one that brings them back from the jaws of his feet to get the win. Yeah, Brett Favre stunk in that game. <laughs> Jet, he well, he did. He threw three picks. He almost single-handedly lost them the game, and he's lucky Leon Washington made a bunch of big plays. The Jets' defense needs to start forcing turnovers. In two games against the Chiefs and the Raiders, they didn't force one turnover, and Herman Edwards is the single reason that the Jets won that game. Bar none, Herman Edwards is the worst coach in the National Football League. Bar none. It's not even close. Even worse than Brad Childress? Worse than Brad Childress. Worse than Rod Marinelli? Worse than Rod Marinelli. Just realized they were both in the same division. That's a great coach division. This is a guy who, when he was with the New York Jets, had a time management coach because he didn't know how to use his timeouts, and they still screwed it up. The guy who said he plays to win the game... Plays Hello? more, plays more conservative, and calls play is more scared than anyone in the league. Tyler Thigpen was picking the Jets secondary apart. He was twenty-five for thirty-six, two hundred eighty yards, and two TDs. The Chiefs have the ball with five minutes and twenty seconds left. The Jets have all three timeouts, and they're up twenty-four to twenty-one with the chance to put the game away. And he ran the ball three straight times. It was third and two with three minutes left. The Jets, who have a top-five run defense, and he hands the ball off to Colby Smith. He doesn't even give Tyler Thigpen a chance. That is a joke. Herman Edwards is a joke. He should go to college where he can cover up for his bad coaching because he'll be a great recruiter. He'll bring in tons of talent, and he's a good motivator. There's things he's good at, but he stinks at coaching, and he needs to not. He cannot be a coach in the NFL. Well, let's get you calmed down and have a little fun. We only got a couple of minutes left here in the Pigskin Podcast. This is a great week for coaches popping off, and we at the Pigskin Podcast and the fan we love it. We love a good rant, whether it's Mike Gundy or Dan Hawkins or our own hometown hero Dennis Green. We love a good coach. So we're going to have a poll up on our site at thefan1060.com. You're going to vote and tell us which of these was your favorite rant. You already heard Mike Singletary's. There are five of them. You already heard Mike Singletary's. I'd rather play with 10 men on the field and have Vernon Davis out there screwing things up. Another good one from this week, Brian, was Jim Zorn. What you learned about Jim Zorn this week, don't roll your eyes in front of him. You keep looking. You keep rolling your eyes, and I'm getting ticked off, and I think I'm answering your question. Are you okay? Okay. 
And he asked the guy if he was okay. That, okay. that was pretty funny. And this next one from Jim Moore is great because anytime you could say the word poo, you're a winner. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half, we sucked. That's my winner. I mean, as I said, he said, he said the word poo in a post-game press conference. He gets an A-plus. He did another good one a little bit later on in his career. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win again. Yep. I just wish we and and I should say he did that of course right after uh, a loss to the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm partial to that one. And as we take it out, Brian, it's always good to work with you and other fine pigskin podcasts. We're gonna let you sit with this last one, and you better know what it is. Because it happened right down the street, and I have a feeling that this is the leader in the clubhouse for everybody listening here in Phoenix. Brian, good to work with you. It's another pigskin podcast. Up, oh, great show as always, and please vote for Diddly Poo. Uh, I think this is going to be the winner, just a hunch. I don't want it to be the winner, but this is it. Thanks for listening. Brian Giberman, Justin Carp, ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Green. The Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like us? Bull****. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.